welcome. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles McFlower. Uh, tonight we have a really great show. And uh, also I'm doing a little bonifications to keep my voice intact. I'll tell you more about that in a little while. But for right now, I would like to tell you what we'll be talking about. And tonight's show is the anticipated result of the composite ray changes and the blocking of the dark side. Well, uh, that's a lot of words. Let me put it this way. If you think about some of the prior shows that we've handled or talked about in this situation, uh, and you brought them kind of closer together and tried to understand what is really happening here on Earth. And um, you wanted to understand how come things are going the way they're going and where might they be in the near future. That's what tonight's show is really about. As some of the questions that I oftentimes have asked of me have to do with, well, what's going to happen if blank blank or if not blank blank? And sometimes it's a political issue and sometimes it's more based upon some outbursts and violent attacks and crazy things. And my approach to looking at this is that you've got to see this beyond the first or next six months or a year or two years or even possibly five to get a better understanding of what is really taking place. Unfortunately, most people don't think of it that way. And they're looking into, oh, what's going to happen in the next 30, 60, 90 days, terrible things. And it's not like that. There are going to be bad things happening on a fairly regular basis, but that doesn't change the way the world is, at least for that time. The world changes based on the first thoughts and then the interactions of, for the most part, humans. I realize there's other life on the planet, but it doesn't have any effect on what the outcome of Earth's going to be. And that's been true for a very long time. Humans really are controlling what takes place here. And you say, well, what about that dark side thing? Well, the dark side are comp composed of humans who have given up some elements of their humanity to have power and control over other people uh, if, if for the purpose of enslavement, for the most part, and to steal energy. So they, <clears throat> they live to have power, which is like energy, speaking in terms of... Energy as I refer to it, not just the way it is typically referred to. And so they, that's their business. Their business is to enslave. Their business is to steal, take from others. Not necessarily to kill people because if necessary, they'll do that. But, uh, every, for every person they kill who doesn't become a member of their small group, uh, it's a loss to them. They don't want to lose the power they get from enslavement. And you certainly don't get much when you kill someone. So ultimately, this isn't about a life or death situation as much as it is who's going to have control over Earth, say, in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, like that sort of time period, years. And the difficult time that most people have is they think in very short terms of time because they believe, somewhat true today, that their life expectancy is very short. 
but the shortened life expectancy has a narrowing viewpoint on consciousness. So if you believe you're going to you're going to start declining after your 55th or 60 or 65th birthday, and that's it for you. I mean, you might live longer, but you're not, you know, you just go to retirement or whatever they're going to do with you. But you're not going to be an effective creator of things. If that's what you think, then that distorts the worldview, and it starts leading to a narrowed vision of the future, one that usually lends itself to the dark side. So they like the fact that human life is shortened because it helps them to gain support from people who are more afraid of dying than they are of being coerced and used and controlled. And so that's to the advantage of the dark side. Now, can you change that? I mean, can we really expect that some time in the near future, people are going to start thinking about their life expectancy double what they think today. And the answer to that is that it could take somewhere between 20 and 50 years to reach that level. So we can see that this is a pretty nasty time because when you start looking at the effects of shortened life expectancies and that affects people's consciousness lowering it, then uh, that's the scary part. How do you overcome it? Well, by doing what I'm doing, which is teaching people that their consciousness is really not dependent upon their physical age, and even their senses and therefore their bodies are not dependent upon physical age, or a a time period as short as it is today. And it can be easily expanded to over 120 years, up to approximately, if you want to call it approximate, 147 years. And you say, where did you get that number from? Well, it really has to do more with the esoteric parts of it. it. And I won't explain that tonight. I've done it before. So we're really, so that's a big change. Now, if you, for every time you add a year of belief that a a person has, and it controls their thinking that they're going to live longer. Every year adds a few percent to their overall consciousness. Isn't that weird? Just the fact that they're thinking that way. Because thought controls everything. (laughs) Energy follows thought greater than its own, and as long as you're not thinking as stupidly as the energy is, uh, <clears throat> which is where the dark side like to keep you at, they, <clears throat> the, the energy is being controlled by your own thinking. And what goes on in your bodies, that means the same thing is happening. So I hope that this is some kind of basis for today's show, because you're going to start saying some things that for some people, you can go, huh? And you may not, without that little brief uh, explanation, Uh, get what I'm getting at, okay? So, to begin with, the biggest conflict today is that uh, the dark side wants to control the development of and and the spread of consciousness in the world. It doesn't want to get rid of consciousness per se. It would like it to not become any greater and 
then for select members of our world who would like to take over the consciousness of those beings, those people, so they can be fully enslaved by them. Now you can say, well, what does that have to do? Well, because that gives them the ability to use the energies for their own existence. And power is a very critical factor to them because that's what they rely upon more than intelligence to achieve a result in their plans for what plans they have, which are plans are really based upon very uh, more primitive, more like animal kinds of plans. But that's how they think. So, and they believe that they can keep their consciousness at the same level while they're doing all this. But in a very minuscule amount, more, less than they could ever sense, they are losing consciousness. But the problem is that when I say less than they can sense, we're talking about thousands of years may take place in the physical earth before a one of these dark beings recognizes that their consciousness has dropped to some level. And uh, oftentimes it, it's so late in the game when they discover it that they have to take a life physically because that recovers some of their consciousness. Since they're not rely, relying on just taking it from others, they can actually uh, interact here in the physical world for a while and restore their senses, improve uh, the level, general level of their consciousness on an average for a short period. They may go back a few hundred years in their time frame uh, to where their consciousness was. That's not a huge amount, by the way. So, And they don't like this physical incarnation because it's very dangerous for them on another side in that they're visible. And so they still try to hide, but it's not so easy to get away with them. Uh, and there's very few that do this at any one time. Those are the really bad dudes out there. They're really bad. Okay, so we've got we've got some understanding at least of what the consciousness business is all about, and then we have to further uh, kind of go into some other parts of what this program is about today, and that is that uh, we are in the fifth subrace of the fifth race, moving quickly in relative terms towards the sixth subrace. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that the ray focus that helps to grow the sublate race is going to have, instead of a five and a five, a double whammy five kind of thing, which really builds up a lot of certain types of mental thinking more scientific. It really gives a boom to science. And this has been true since 1875. So we, we can, you know, even 1850, you could start counting the time. So, so a lot more inventions come into play. Uh, science advances at a rate many times faster than when this wasn't the uh, occurrence as it was going on. You can say, well, wait a second. You know, I thought the fifth ray has to stay in all the time that the fifth ray is in. And so, you know, it goes in and out, but the point is that it, it plays games with, so to speak, with some of the other rays, uh, and it relieves pressure for it to substitute itself. And this is the key moment that I'm going to talk, be talking about. Substitute itself for what usually is a substitute to the 
six-ray. It seldom likes to be in the same realm at the same time with the six-ray for very long because the two rays have a, a kind of a, we'll say, opposing uh, part to play in the development of human beings and civilization, etc. But the good news about this is that this is a precipitous moment because what's going to happen is the uh, suddenly the change in the race was announced very recently and it's going to go from not just the fifth ray staying in, because it, it will stay in, but the sixth ray is going to come back in uh, without uh, pretty much anyone expecting that to take place, and it will be joined with the recent change of the fourth ray. Now, what does all that mean, ray, 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 ray? Well, it means that the focus of energy in the development of humanity is going to be stimulated by these rays that help those parts of energy to sense better. That's really really what it does. It makes those senses improved. It's an improvement in sense, but it doesn't does not directly uh, control consciousness. And when you have improvements in senses, it causes the society to become more sensitive to the dark side. So just improving senses, any sense, under any race structure, will uh, cause the dark side to weaken to some extent because people will be able to sense darkness, which they generally can't do. So that's a good thing. And it also helps in another way because it's being coincided with the change in the sub-race, which is going from the fifth sub-race to the sixth, which is a feminine sub-race. And that has a, a profound effect on women and how they're going to relate to others in the world. And it's going to lead to an obstacle for the dark side. Now, at the present time, the dark side, uh, up until maybe the last year, has been planning on not this six-ray change. So they were not aware of or planning. They were planning on the fourth-ray change, which helps women too, but they weren't planning on the six-ray change, which would bring about the six sub-rays of them. And it gives a, a, a very important change in the way that women are functioning today. Right now, the dark side has pretty good control over women. And, and why? More so than men, by the way. Uh, because they have convinced women that it's men that have taken their rights from them. And it's men that have maintained... Uh, control over them, and it's men that have screwed up the world. That's the biggest, biggest, biggest part of what I just said. So men are guilty in their minds, generally speaking. Not every woman is in this category. But if you take the majority, I'm afraid it could be that much. So what happens if you have a majority of women in the United States, say 53%, <laughs> I'll just pick a number, that uh, think that men 
are interfering with their rights to be uh, as creative, as effectual, and as much leaders as the men themselves are. This leads to bad news because that's what the dark side uses as a framework, or has used as a framework, to uh, attempt to destroy the leading country in the world, which is the United States. They've been pretty darn effective with this. Because if you're really at 53%, and I'm not sure that number's right, but that's a huge number. It should be 5 or 10% at most for a society that isn't affected by evil. So that difference is the scary part of what's happening. However, the, dark, uh, the, the spiritual hierarchy that somewhat controls this whole ray issue, at least some members do, of it, and particularly those that work on a planetary and beyond scale. What, what happens is, what happened was that they, they saw this coming, and they said, uh-oh, this isn't a good thing. And they saw the results. So there was a sudden decision. I mean, sudden in the sense that I had no knowledge about it. That doesn't mean anything, really. But I, just, uh, I, I didn't know, and a lot of other people didn't know, that this other change was going to suddenly be, whew, we're going to change the, put the sixth ray in and take the seventh ray out. Now, what does that do? This, taking the seventh ray out weakens male dominance. It also weakens uh, certain methods that men have used for a long time to control women, which has to do with business and industry. And so it weakens that. And then it strengthens uh, women from a spiritual and some of it faith-based way of looking at things and women will become much more concerned about things like abortions, more concerned about a lot of faith-based issues, but way beyond the strictly, strictly traditional faith-based. It also leads them to seek to govern in a way which is fair to both sexes in a blind way, not in a way where they're trying to achieve a compensatory response from decades, hundreds of years of abuse in their prior lives. So this changes the scope of the situation, and it allows the side of light to gain a footing up, and it hurts the plans of the, of the dark ones. Because their plans for what they can plan for uh, were to really use uh, what they thought was going to be no ray changes past the year tw uh, 21, uh, 2200. I mean, they, they thought, oh, we're, we're so safe. It's way, way beyond that. So, you know, they, they figured they're really going to be safe, at least, at least into the 2100s and something or other. So we're going to see, they thought for sure they were in great shape. And this was like, not so good. So this is a really, in my opinion, a very good thing. It's going to be a bit confusing to some people. And for women of today, they're going to find themselves in strongly conflictive issues for about the next two decades. 
because they've been following the dark issues of, well, look how well, men have treated us. We haven't had our way. We don't have the right to to have abortions. We don't have the right to do this or that. We want all our rights, and we want more than that. And we got to stop this craziness, you know, of everything's based upon what men want to do, and, and a lot of other stuff like that. That those sorts of factors are going to diminish in the next couple of decades rapidly, which is a good thing, believe me. Now, this in no way says for the women who don't think that way today or even before this time that in some way this is a, a inference that they still had something wrong with them. No. I just say 53%. There's probably 47% if I'm right about the number, which I don't, may not be. But I, there's still almost half the women were just, you know, but they think it's still in a really dangerous territory of being half or over, so that's a very scary territory to be in. And you can see how this has been working out. It really has. And there's, there's a number of factors that are solved by doing this whole single deal. I think it's brilliant. And to not let anybody know about it until it happens is even more brilliant. And to give the dark side the belief that, no, we're not going to change any of those rays and we, because we're very rigid just like the dark side. So we're going to wait to at least 2100 plus you know, and before we change anything. So you guys will know that you got it, you got it made in the shade. And it isn't going to be the way you, you know, that you have to worry about anything. And while they weren't worried about anything, apparently this plan uh, was created. And I don't know when. I mean, it could have been last year. It could be 40 years ago. I'm not sure. But it's a great move, in my opinion. Is it, is it true that men have uh, abused the rights of women in not just this country, but throughout the world? And the answer is very simple. Yes. Why? Because there was an encouragement to that, strangely, by the dark side. So we can see that this dissension was actually created in, in part over a long period of time. And I'm not just talking about European history here. I'm talking about going all the way back to a recorded history. And so we can see that men have... Uh, not respected the uh, abilities of women and the value of women, except for possibly bearing children. And even that was the child after being born was possessed and owned by the man and not the woman. She was just the caretaker uh, in many circumstances. This is a true statement. Now, there are obvious examples in history, recorded history, where that wasn't, wouldn't hold true. But it's rare, unfortunately. I mean, if you compare, you know, it's like 98 to 2 or so, some crazy out of balance level. So it's just not, although you can point to some rare exceptions, it's not good. That's all going to change. I really think that uh, we're going to see a huge change in the situation. And remember, this isn't one sex or the other. This is finally getting this thing worked out so that the two sexes can can live and, and prosper together without the, either one finding there's some competitive or some uh, restrictive side to the other. Instead, they use 
all their strengths together and work as a team to rid the planet of darkness. And it can be done. Now, uh, if all of that is coming about, then where are the results going to be first found? And the very first results will take place in the next, say, 10 years. What's going to happen? It's in education that women have the most say and where they have gone most awry. Uh, why? Because they have followed the dark side's lead in believing that it's okay to uh, to demand that children learn what they think is their version of truth, which of course is all lies, and to become equipped uh, with false elements that will make them open to being possessed at some point and ineffective as people in the, in the world. So this whole thing really has a lot to do with children and how they come about. I think that the biggest the biggest part, especially in the next 10, 20 years, is to get this change affected in educational uh, institutions. It'll first start in private, publicly owned ones, because the publicly controlled ones, the dark side has very, very strong control of them. It's going to take quite a bit to make a change in public education. But it always usually has started in the private sector, so that's going to probably be where it comes from again. Private education is based upon choice. People choose what kind of education they want. Public education is based upon force and not choice. So you're forced to do this, you're forced to do that. In some places, you have almost no private options. In other places, the private options are expensive, and they themselves are restricted in various ways. So that's where we got to kind of win the game, you say, I say. And education is also the interest of yours truly in this particular group of people I work with, and more coming. And we're going to educate in ways that will surprise people. I don't want to give too much away about this. I don't want to alert the dark ones to a lot of what we're doing. But let me tell you that the forms of education we're going to use are, I think, remarkably uh, effective for what their purpose is to be. And... I'll be doing a lot more teaching, which is part of the reason I'm trying to learn ways to conserve my voice, which I will be trying to do today. Yes, And uh, in other ways, I am changing myself to be the teacher that is necessary to do the job. It's no small change. I've got to change myself in ways that haven't been done on Earth yet. And it's pretty hard to do it. Now, I don't want to get off into the, well, what is he talking about now? Now, I, I, I'm telling you somewhat truthfully what's happening, but I'm not going to tell you much more. At any rate, the, the point is that 
to teach at the level and the amount I, I have to teach at uh, requires the kind of we'll call it consciousness that's more unified than mine has been in the past. And it also reduces the energy deficiencies and blocking of energies between different bodies. And that means different time-space elements of my existence. It sounds goofy, huh? Well, it might be. But it's, it's real to me and it's real to the people that I work with. And so here's, here's the biggest part of our plan, is to create within not decades, but within short years, and within a year, in one particular situation, uh, a meaningful form of education that can reach almost everybody, that circumvents public education um, uh, virtually 100%, at least at this point, and that gets to all sides of education, all the way to the doctoral level in universities, down to literally pre-kindergarten, pre-preschool you know, type of things. All of those are inclusive within what I'm talking about. Although, to be completely clear, most of what we're doing starts after the age of seven. But there are those, some children who might find benefit from a much earlier age, particularly if their parents are cooperating with them. So that's what we're trying to do, and uh, our plans are, are pretty well created. The rest of it is a lot of hard work, tremendous amount of hard work. It, it involves many, many, many other people besides just the collective people that have been starting this thing. There are many other people that we're bringing into this this work. Some of them will have very lower demands of awareness of what we're really doing. And others may be fully aware. It's hard to say. We can't really say for sure. Some of it involves very advanced mathematics and science. And so we're not ignoring science. Quite the opposite. We're using science. Uh, and science is the place where this, this time, this race of people on earth are most affected by it's the people are looking for the truth about the quote-unquote in their mind the uh, physical universe but we're going to give them a lot more than that we're going to give them the truth if we can about what I would call the grander, greater, the entire multi-dimensional universe, which is so much greater than what most people think of as a physical universe, particularly if they're scientists. It, it, it's almost, it, it, you can't even compare them. I think at this particular point, though, I'm going to take a brief, uh, about a 30-second or so, uh, break to give my voice a rest and spray do all those kinds of good things and allow you to think about what I've been talking about so far, which is a good thing. And while I'm doing this in the background, you can listen to, so to, so, to some so, to some Tibetan bells that will ring every whatever number of seconds. 
until I come back. And I'll be back, give or take, in about 30 seconds. Okay, I'm back here. I didn't hear any bells, but I guess uh, you may have. I don't know. I didn't hear them. <laughs> Maybe they were off in the, to the cosmos someplace. Uh, but at any rate, uh, that was interesting. I hope that uh, you had a little rest from my voice. And uh, I will continue on now with the remainder of this part of the show until we go to break. And let me tell you this, that if we look at where we are today and where we, as a, we'll say, group of people, along with a lot of other people participating, will be in about five years, I think that we will have a good portion of what I would call the plan, uh, working better so that the dark side will be somewhat thwarted just after five years. Now, I realize that's way different than what would be true if I didn't add what I just said about what we're doing. But I, I think that it's going to make a difference. I hope others will do the same thing so that makes it even better. But I can say from, from the plans we have, we should be able to achieve results similar to what I'm talking about. Now, what would that look like? I mean, five years from now, let's say we're successful about this. Let's say we can actually make this thing kind of happen, right? Okay, well, if we can make it happen, then the, the point is we have a foundation for stopping the dark side. And we could exercise it in a number of ways after that first five years by expanding the educational element of it and the scientific, including some mathematical formula, which is pretty hard, pretty hard stuff for the general public to read. That will be taught on university levels. Now you could say, well, that's not so great. University levels, how's that going to affect the children? How's it going to affect all the other people? Well, you see, but when you start affecting things at that level, it changes the perspective of what eventually will be taught to younger people. Because the accepted standard rule is what is discovered and thought to be correct at those higher levels of understanding, supposedly. I'm not so sure it's always true that way, but at least the way they think they believe they understand it. Uh, then it becomes much faster to be accepted in grade school, high school, and beyond. And it's a particularly, uh, uh, we'll say, more effective means if you want to change things quickly to get some of it done on a higher educational level. Uh, a lot of people want to say, well, why can't, I can't, why can't we just start with three-year-olds and I'll start training them at home? And Yeah, you could do that, but, you know, at some point, if we don't change the higher levels from certain points in high school all the way through university to doctor levels, it won't matter. It all gets washed out. So whatever they were taught when they were young uh, is overridden by the forces, and then there are forces applied against them that are false 
understandings of how the universe exists. And this has been done for a long time. And it continually happens. So how do we make a change to it? Well, uh, if you can get dozens of or more of universities to start teaching about more advanced levels of understanding of the existence of a multidimensional universe, that changes by a thing called quantum change, which means that uh, things can happen at the same time at great distances. As a matter of fact, at infinite distances. The distance is actually irrelevant. You can do something called superpositioning through space-time uh, parts and move from one dimension to several different ones. And amazingly, you can do fantastic, fantastic things with the universe that way. The people of today are ignorant of almost everything I've said, and scientists aren't any better than anyone else about this subject. There are a few scientists that are starting to say that gravity is a quantum physical event. That means it obeys superpositioning, which means it can be you can be in two places at the same time. And uh, you can maintain the two places at the same time in other dimensions as well. They haven't gotten that far yet, but they're starting to think that way a little bit. And they're actually doing experiments about this. They're starting to. And they're gonna, those experiments are going to probably take about five years. So you can see all this thing is kind of, hopefully, we're going to work together so, so we have a singular, a consistent singular element to how this could come about. Now, uh, we will provide a lot of educational material as well as teachings that could be taught by others besides me because I will, you know, I'm only one person. I can't teach to that many different places and groups. But this could easily be ramped up so that others could be doing it. And that would lead to a much better and faster result. Way faster than if you start a kindergarten or preschool and start trying to change the system that way. It would just very unlikely it would succeed. Even if you have very concerned parents, it, it, won't, it won't in the end probably work. It's been tried, but it hasn't, hasn't succeeded as of yet. And the interesting thing is, I just took off my glasses. I didn't realize I had them on. But the because normally when I do the show, I I'm not really focused on anything uh, that's here in the studio. But the most critical thing that we could possibly do is to uh, make it as easy as possible for this next five-year transition. And so we're still working on it. There's a lot of questions we have about things that might be attainable that we don't know if we can do it, and we need help. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, give us a call. <laughs> we are looking right now for the magic mathematicians. Uh, these are people who are going to be uh, at least in a doctoral range of doing math, and they need to understand fields. Field math is not an easy uh, type of math. And as far as the multidimensional, I would have to teach them, but I don't mind doing it, of course. 
about it, and then I would have to introduce the potential for formulation change, which is easy for me, but not so easy for somebody starting from no place, to be able to make it work. And so what I'm saying is it's a team approach. This could be done. And it's not going to take as long as a lot of people say, well, if you have to do a proof, that usually takes more than a person lives. Well, we don't have to do a full proof. Uh, we can do partial proofs that uh, all show the same outcome, of course, and then uh, leave somebody else who wants to spend the rest of their life <laughs> trying to work on a completed proof, which was, in mathematics is extremely long and difficult. And for most people, sometimes they, they don't live long enough to do it. So that's where we are about that subject. And if you're in that ballpark, if you think you have the capabilities of doing some of that, yeah, we're interested. If you're interested in doing advanced uh, computer graphics and renderings of uh, significant magnitude, et cetera, uh, we're, we're interested in talking to you. And if you're interested in doing uh, art-created uh, graphics, uh, we need those too. And those are like two different forms. That it, you'll all be using computers, but one is more specific for the more deeper renderings, and the other is more about drawing and getting uh, very artistic uh, in, in the approach. And those do different things. Those are, have different purposes, although they all meld together eventually at some point. There's many, many other options that we are looking for. And probably uh, for anybody who has a, a real serious desire to be of some level of service, this is a good place to be looking into. Uh, in most of the uh, circumstances that I find myself in, in this lifetime, I have found that the people who are the most gifted, regardless of their educational background, the most humble at the same time, because usually those don't really uh, have the greatest level that they can contribute. So you might look in the mirror and say, am I that person? <laughs> you know, and if you're that person, even if it doesn't seem to fit into what I just said, you might want to call us. So that's the, that's the kind of people, those are the kind of people we're really hoping to find. Now, are all these attributes going to be in each person? No. And are they all going to be in, in some people? No. But, you know, it's just the way it is. People are individuals. And they're unique. So we'll find different ones at different levels. Now, another thing that this change in trying to block the dark side goes into, which is not necessarily related to us specifically, is that uh, the politics, and I know that you're familiar with politics, because anybody living in the United States right now can't turn on a, a news program without seeing something about politics. But, but one of the elements of politics is that it was created with the understanding that it's filled with a pack of lies. And that the majority of people who are politicians say what others want to hear, but do something other than what they claim they're going to do while they're exercising their power of office. 
And this is a this is this is where the male female thing is obviously part of it, but it goes much deeper than that. Uh, in the world today, most of politics is controlled by darkness. It, it's been like that for a long time. Don't think when I say that that there wasn't bad politics hundreds of years ago, right here in the United States and all over the world. Uh, the reason is that so much of it is because politics is based upon the, in the present example of it, on the ability to lie with a convincing argument. Not tell the truth, but to lie with a convincing argument. The, you might tell the truth about yourself, but lie with a convincing argument about your opponents. Or you might lie about yourself and reverse it. Or you might lie about both. The ones who lie about both are the most obnoxious of the politicians. And generally speaking, they seek high levels of control over others. They want to steal the ability for other people to be free. And they are the antithesis of the concept of freedom. How bad is that here in the United States? Not quite as bad as it is in most of the European countries and nowhere near as bad as it is in the severe dictatorships. But most countries at this time are moving towards the wrong direction with that. So, you know, they're, they're just going the wrong way. And one of those countries is right here in the U.S. The U.S. has been going the wrong way uh, oh, for quite some time. And the the problem with this is it's it's incipient. It, it moves behind the scenes, and you can't really see it happening because the lies are convincing, and you don't know what's really happening. How do you get around? Well, you need politicians, some who absolutely say nothing that isn't to the best of their ability, the truth, even if it harms their position or causes them to lose their job, their political position. That's a real tough thing to ask for, but that's what you need. And who are those people that only tell the truth? Well, they're just rare birds. They're usually not any of the politicians that are in the headlines or in the news, you know, they, they, you know, sometimes they'll tell the truth about some things, you know, I'll use one example, Bernie Sanders tells people he's a socialist, he doesn't lie about that, but he lies about what socialism is and how it works and what it does and where his money is going to come from to do the things he claims he's going to do, which he can't, and to, uh, do it without controlling people, which for sure is what he really intends to do. So those are the kinds, I, I didn't mean to just say one bad thing about one person, because there's a whole, every politician I could say something bad about. I use him because he has a large number of people who think that he's, ah, he tells the truth all the time. Well, he's so far from that, it's ridiculous. But 
Again, that's true of most of the people that are in the Palestine. So this is not a, a unusual circumstance. It's something that seriously we got to we have to contend with, and the best way to contend with it is by at least bringing out in the open the lies and try to get people to understand that their favorite politician is probably one of the biggest liars on earth. And in some cases, the lies are strictly for the purpose of controlling us, gaining power and control over us and making money for themselves. It's another part of the equation sometimes. Well, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, uh, we'll go deeper into some of these areas and see if there aren't some things that we can come up with that are maybe improvements even in the area of politics. So we'll be back, give or take, in about two and a half minutes from right now. Hun, what book are you reading? It's a novel, kind of, about romance, love, and spiritual life in general. Kind of a novel? What do you mean? Well, it's based on some real-life experiences and even real characters. Some of their experiences are fascinating and remarkable. I can't put this book down. How come the title is Afterlife Love? That's part of the fascination. This book describes the afterlife in intricate detail and even explains why things are the way they're explained. But how can anyone write about or know that? Some of the characters travel out of body to some places that people who've already died also go to. I'm finding it completely believable because it all makes sense and fits into a bigger picture for me. Hun, what happens to these people? You can read it for yourself when I'm done if you want. Better yet, I'll get my own copy so we can discuss it while we read. Let me see. I'll write down the title. It's Afterlife Love by Niles McFlower. M-A-C-F-L-O-U-E-R. Afterlife Love is available in some bookstores and from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com or 480-966-3132. That's 480-966-3132. Hi, everyone. Since childhood, I've had questions about my life and life in general that I couldn't find adequate answers to. Questions like, why am I here? Why are others here? Does the universe have a purpose? And how does that relate to my life? More recently, I've been wondering what happens when we die, especially the reasons why. I'm more of a doubter than a believer in many things, and answers that include the whys allow me to think and figure out the truth for myself. I've been reading a book, Life's Hidden Meaning. This one book contains more answers, including the whys, than all other sources I've read or heard. It's amazing to me that every one of my questions has been thoroughly answered. More importantly, I have found that all of these answers so far have checked out to be true. I hope this message helps some of you in your quest for better understanding. The name of this wonderful book is, again, Life's Hidden Meaning by metaphysician Niles McFlower. Some bookstores sell it. I got my copy directly from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com. Life's hidden meaning may enlighten your mind and bring some peace and joy to your heart. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles McFlower. 
Hey, tonight we're talking about the anticipated result of the composite ring changes and the blocking of the dark side. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. I just found out something that happened right here where I'm at in this little studio. And a, p a piece of equipment just it suddenly stopped. It could be a battery, who knows, whatever it is. But that is a rare event, but uh, maybe the dark side doesn't like what I'm saying about it. Too bad, so sad. Anyway, let's go on and talk about more of the subject of politics. Because <clears throat> since the dark side is so strong in the area of politics and has been for you know ages, so don't don't think this is like, oh well it just started like no, that's been going a long, long time. What can we <clears throat> what can we do? We're the public. What can we do to stop this? And the answer is to demand that if you're going to vote, you vote only for someone who tells the truth about all of the elements of what they're going to do, and they present nothing that is a lie, even if it's to their detriment. Now, you can say, wow, you may have nobody left to vote for. <laughs> now, there'll always be someone who says, well, I can see that probably is a better way. And uh, they may, you may they may not win for a while, but if they get a lot of votes, that might be one way to try to change the system. Now, for some of you, you might be concerned, yeah, but if I do that, then all the bad people are going to get in. Well, see, they're getting in anyway. You, you, you're not by by choosing just one liar over the next. You're not really solving the equation. You're promoting it. And the more people that succeed in getting elected by lying, the more it's going to be done. And it attracts people like that. Whereas the reverse becomes true. Now, sure, you won't get a lot of votes initially, if, if you're totally honest. But it may serve over time for a change. Now, if the risky part about that is in the meantime, you're going to have socialism, communism, probably taking a great leap forward in its oppression and its destruction. The places most under attack are here in the United States, which is kind of weird. Everybody thinks, well, it's got to be China. You know, they're really good. And they're way, way gone. And, and even Russia, way, way gone. You don't have to worry about trying to get them out of their hole. They're finished. Evil is their country. It's not, it's inseparable. The only people that fight against it are people that usually are willing to die in the streets, which is what happens going on in Hong Kong right now. So when you look at this sort of thing, you're, you know, you got to say, well, where is the most amount of emphasis by the dark side? It's in the United States. That's where the dark side needs to win to take over this planet. It's not going to play around and monkey around spending most of its assets, so to speak. I say, you know, its assets are people that it control. Uh, in countries where there's no hope of that country ever doing anything than making the United States miserable. So we, we, have to look at this as a real homegrown problem and the best you can do is if you you think that it's really going to make a difference 
uh, in your vote to stop some really communistic, socialistic person from possibly winning, and I would say certainly don't vote for them because that would be a disaster. How close are we to having that happen? Uh, I don't think the next election it will happen, but it could happen in the one after that or some other time in the not-too-distant future. I'm hoping by the one after that, we're talking about now we're getting into our five-year thing, and we can start initiating some things that will prevent that. That's part of the plan, actually. So if you can look at it from that standpoint, it gives us a little bit of breathing room, not much, five years short time, to really start making some changes that could cause this real breach from getting worse, getting, we're going over the, to, to, to one side. Once socialism is established as a governing body in both houses and the president in the United States, the United States uh, is over. There's no way to come back from that. Uh, the reason you can't come back from it is because the control of those types of thought processes are pure evil, and they destroy the ability to change the system very quickly. They do it within a couple of years. So you can't change the system. Your, vote, your voting rights will be suspended. You'll be put in jail. You'll be uh, forced to uh, pay some kind of ridiculous fee. Uh, it, there's lots of ways to do it. And then the other thing is to flood all of the votes with illegal people who will vote the way you want them to. Now, I'm not necessarily 100% against all illegal people. I'm against illegal people who are criminals and who vote in accord with the people who give them things. Uh, I'm not against illegals that come here and, and want to work and earn their own living and pay taxes, even, if they could and if they're willing to, and not try to illegally vote for anybody. But if at least if they're going to illegally vote, they vote based upon not who's going to give them the most, but who they think is the true best candidate. That's a long shot to try to get them to do that, but it's possible. Uh but the danger is really right here in this country. Everybody says, oh, the danger is overseas. It's in Venezuela now. It's over here. It's over there. It's right here. Uh, the scariest things that are happening are happening right here. Because this is where evil wins. Not not some other Venezuela or Brazil. Or those countries don't, just are not going to change the world. The United States will. Once the United States, if the United States, and once it became a socialist-slash-communist country, no other country would survive more than a few years. They would all become the same. That's a very, very scary future. One that I don't want to be here for, by the way. If that were to occur, uh, I don't think I would be here in my next life. And a lot of other people I know, their souls would also leave this world. Because it, it's the end. When you reach the end, there's no sense in staying for the ramifications because although there may be some karmic factor involved in it, once it's over, it's over. You don't have to wait till the very last being is killed or controlled or whatever to know that it's over. Now, I'm not saying any of that's going to happen. I'm just telling you how, how, how difficult a situation we're in is. 
and why we should all be concerned about what's happening in right here, the place in the United States. If you're listening to me from the United States, I know a lot of people aren't listening to me from the United States or in other countries. That's okay. Apply the same kind of thought process to the to the government you're dealing with. If it's a socialist or communist government, I, I pity you. Most likely you aren't listening to the show because they block the show. But I mean, I'm just telling you the way, the way, you know, the way it is. And can we stop people who are terrorists and all this other stuff? Absolutely. We have the ability to stop. But we choose, have been choosing not to because the politicians lie about what they're going to do about it because a lot of them don't want, they don't want to get rid of the terrorists. In some cases, they are a terrorist. So, you know, you can't, you know, there's the choosing of sides in that sort of situation is kind of a no-brainer, but at the same time, it's greatly lied about with all the other stuff I talked about. And for socialists and communists, they love it. So don't think that they're all oh, way they don't like them. No, they like them real, real good. Yeah. And what about this thing about gun control? That's another issue. It's most interesting. Uh, whether you like guns or you don't like guns. The Second Amendment is pretty clear about guns. Then you would say, well, now it says a well-formed militia. Blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is the Constitution makes it about as clear as you can get if you put it in the context of the Constitution and not the context of somebody's thought process. And in addition, in addition, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States has decided for the most part that people have a right to own and even walk around with arms. They have a right to do that. All right, well, if they do, that's a self-protection thing. That is only <clears throat> only good if the government says you have a right to protect yourself. <clears throat> and communist governments, <coughs> excuse me, communist governments and uh, socialists do not believe that you have a right to protect yourself. They say, as a lie, that they will protect you. What they will really do is imprison you and destroy you after they take all your money and valuables, etc. They're, they're, they're not going to ever do anything for you because they're, they're evil. <laughs> it's just they're civil. They're the ones that shouldn't have guns, right? I agree with that. They should not have guns. All right. Anyway, uh, if you don't like guns, just don't own one. And if guns scare you, stay away from people that are carrying one. You just, if you're afraid of them, you just say, well, I'm afraid of you, so I'm going to leave. And if you're in a situation where uh, someone uses a gun illegally, do anything and everything you can to defend yourself or try to get out of the range of the weapon. Certainly, those are all kinds of things that you need to be looking at. And I would say that's a good thing. Now, I, the, my concern about civil rights in terms of the way the present changes are coming about is not so much about the question of gun ownership, but it is somewhat spoken in the same way 
uh, about being able to be charged with a crime in multiple districts, etc., the same crime. So, okay, I go rob somebody. And I do it in a, in a town. Well, I'm charged with crime in the town and found that maybe I'm guilty or innocent. But either way, according to a very, very recent ruling by the Supreme Court, which is ill-made, uh, you can be charged with a crime. Again, the same crime by the township and then by the county and then by the state and then by the federal government and all kinds of different parts of the federal government. You could be charged indefinitely with crimes. Why is that illegal based upon the uh, Constitution. Well, the Constitution doesn't directly address it, but the Fifth Amendment does. The Fifth Amendment says you have a right to not incriminate yourself, but how can you exercise the right not to incriminate yourself if by exercising that right to not incriminate yourself or to state what your rights are, which is whatever reason you shouldn't be incriminated to defend yourself in court, can be used against you in, its, in the same crime later. It reverses the protection of the Fifth Amendment. Nobody's mentioned that. That is a clear reversal of the intention and use of the Fifth Amendment. It makes the Fifth Amendment virtually useless because anybody who uses it uh, can still be charged with a crime over again. And if they don't use the Fifth Amendment, they then can be charged with a crime and they can't employ the Fifth Amendment the second time or third or fifth or tenth. They can't because it's too late. They've already been tried and that they have no rights under the Fifth Amendment anymore because it was never intended you could be charged with the same crime over and over and over again. And then there's a thing called ex post facto. And you get into some issues about that kind of event as well in some circumstances. So there's all kinds of problems with this ruling that was made just last week by the Supreme Court. It's just dumb and wrong. Uh, I'm not sure what their reasoning is completely because they didn't give a, a clear reasoning. They just said, yeah, you can be charged by a crime again and again and again depending upon who wants to charge it. It was really about the federal government, but they didn't delineate it, so it could be just anyone, any government can charge you with the same crime over and over and over. But even if it's just the federal government, it doesn't make sense, but it's the same concept. All right, so what can we do about these things that are so, we'll say, nasty in terms of the way government is turned out? Well, it's, you've, you've got to make a change about the way that we understand our own Constitution. There is a tendency still, even among these new members that are sitting on the court, some of them, to still think they can reinterpret what the meaning of the Constitution is. In other words, the plain language of the Constitution is not good enough. 
we have to interpret what it really was meant. Well, how do you really know what was meant? Since if you go into the political arena, people have been lying about what they meant all along. The Constitution says that all the rights of people do not come from the government. All of them. It says no rights come from the government. Are you aware of that? And if the rights come from the government, well, then all the other stuff that I'm saying becomes double-fold. True. Where does it say the rights come from? Our creator, God. That's it. That's what it says. If you accept that as being the truth, whether you believe in God or not, you can't say the government has the right to change your rights. They don't. And you say, well, they could change the Constitution. All right. Have a constitutional convention or an impossible two-thirds vote in every in the House and Congress. I mean, you could try that, but most likely you're not going to get anywhere. So the good news is the framers decided that that would pretty much stop it, and it has so far. So it's a time to be considerate of what government does, which is a terrible thing. And again, this is a way to stop the dark side. I'm not saying this just because I'm condemning the United States government or whatever. I'm saying that all of this was promoted by the dark ones. That's how they get control. And even Supreme Court justices may follow that kind of nonsense. Now, granted, it's very difficult if you don't believe in God or a creator. If you don't believe that, it's very difficult to live in the United States because you're going to constantly believe that your rights are being interfered with because you believe your rights come from the government. And that you may you may believe that. I don't know if you will, but that's a tendency. And that's where we find ourselves today in this problem. The easiest way to circumvent that problem is to do what I said our group and some others are doing, which is to bring into the educational realm and into science proofs or partial proofs of the existence of a creed. Solves the problem. Until that's done, you can see how this becomes a nightmare for our near future. And it frightens me because it could very well turn the wrong way. I, I'm not seeing that it's like a certainty that we're going to achieve our results. I, of course, will do everything we can, and others are doing everything they can, I think, in some circumstances. So, but it, it does mean that to block the dark side, there's no more time on it. Why is that? Because although we may not see the full full impact of the dark side for 50, 100 years, by then it'll be a foregone conclusion. And nothing will change it. That's where it doesn't matter staying here. 
That's why I said we probably, I would choose to not stay here. I don't need to watch a planet destroyed and become fully controlled by evil. And I don't need to uh, have the suffering put in my face. I've seen plenty of suffering that I can recall from other points in time. And then there's plenty of suffering. And I don't need to see any more to know that it exists. And I don't need to be pro it to be proven to me that evil exists. Although for a lot of people, they don't believe that. So this is what I consider to be our real plan. At this point, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take my uh, brief uh, 30 seconds or so rest of my voice. While maybe, from what I was told, you might hear some Tibetan bells. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But I'll be back, give or take, in about 30 seconds. Okay, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed Tibetan bells. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, let me just say that the process to attain better results uh, is a significant sacrifice for anybody that intends to make this say difficult choice uh, there's no there's no easy answers and if you want to commit yourself to trying to make a change that will help block the dark side be aware you're going against a very 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 tough crowd because the dark ones play for keeps they if ha they have to they will kill people and cause accidents to happen and do all kinds of terrible things if they can. And they don't like to do that because they want to enslave people. What good, you, can't, you can't kill somebody and then enslave them. It doesn't work that way. You could maybe enslave them in another dimension, but you can't do it here, and that's what they're concerned about. So really, I mean, it's, it's sort of like you've got to be making the sacrifice beforehand with the willingness that some bad things may come your way. It may not be fatal bad things, but it could be some kind of bad thing that you would think you don't deserve, and that came out of the blue, from nowhere almost. Well, that's kind of a good sign, because it means you're probably doing something good. <laughs> but I don't know if everybody is going to find that to make themselves feel better, uh, about the situation. It's something to consider. If you want, you can contact uh, us and, you know, if you have worries or concerns, 
we'll give you straight answers. You know, even if it looks real bad for you, if you were to make the choice, we'll tell you what the bad parts are likely to happen so that you can make an informed choice without, you know, we're not going to sell you on something. We're going to tell you what we think is truthful. Of course, that's with only as much as you're willing to let us know about something that you're worried about. And most of the time, it comes down to this. Most people have done something or some things wrong in their life, right? And some of those things they haven't been caught for. And some of those things they may be continuing to do. And sometimes they carry through and uh, uh, find themselves compelled almost to receive something for nothing, as I put it. And the result is that their life is a series of these something-for-nothing challenges that lead to very uh, serious karmic problems. Well, the dark side can step in as soon as you decide, well, I want to do something good. I'm going to fight the dark side. Well, you're going to say, good, well, it does accelerate your karma for you. No problem. Uh, and can they accelerate your karma? Uh, yes, unfortunately, under certain circumstances, they can. Depends upon how faithful you are to doing what you say you're going to do on the good side. If you stay with that, they probably can't get in and do some bad stuff to you. But how many people are really at that level? I don't know. You know, It's probably a, a small number. So a lot of people can be gotten to. But look at it from, this is my viewpoint. If it's me, I say, so, okay, I've done some bad things. Maybe not even just in this lifetime. And I'll probably pay for it. Okay, that's my karma. I'll pay for it. And they're going to accelerate it. Okay. So I get it now instead of later. I think I'd rather have it now than later because I know that it just keeps growing, so there's no sense in putting it off. And as long as I'm doing the good that I want to do, then whatever bad happens, I just accept it. Just say, fine, I can handle it. Now, what if it gets down to a life and death situation? Those are rare. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not common that most people have done things that really they can suddenly be killed, literally, by the dark side because of something they've done, either in this lifetime or a prior one. And if you're at that level of, of, of a problem, your first and most important thing is to be, have humility. Accept that you did that. And then Focus all of your energy to serve, not for the purpose. I'm going to say it again. Not for the purpose of trying to stay ahead of this bad karma. Don't ever do it for that reason. Do it to be a service to others and not and just put the whatever's going to happen can happen. Gotcha. And if it if it turns out that you have some terrible situation that may even take your life or those of someone you're close to, then you say, well, that that's that can happen because I that's the way the world works. There's some things that are so terrible that people do that it may lead to their untimely death at some point in the future, in that life or some other lifetime. The longer it goes, the more severe it can become. Just so you understand, it's not a static thing. Could happen to just about anybody because of a prior life that they're even unaware of. How do you become aware of prior life events? Believe it or not, by creating by creating as much virtue as you can in this life, you actually become aware of the prior life problems. 
And then you can do something about them sometimes to make them not quite as severe. It's better to deal with karma first than to let it become the hammer that's going to clobber you. Better to deal with it first. All right, so who else is involved in blocking the dark side these days? Well, there are some faith-based people who sincerely believe in life after death. They don't know exactly where or what that's like, but they believe they'll be closer to their creator. And that's a true statement, by the way. By the way. They may not, in the astral world, you're, you're not that close to your creator, but you're a lot closer than you are while you're in the physical world. So there is truth to that idea. And they also know they'll be closer to other people because that's what their faith says, which also is consistent with ageless wisdom. Ageless wisdom says that there's another dimension of time and space, and you're much closer to people because of that. And because energy files thought way greater in the astral world than it does here, putting those conditions together, you're way closer to everybody else that's around you even though you can be very far in some form distant, but yet you're closer. And you're also closer to your creator. So a lot of the faith-based religions are saying things that are pretty accurate. That doesn't mean that, oh, everything that's in this Bible or that is 100% accurate. No, it was interpreted by people who could do the best they could to interpret, you know. And, you know, the, the thing is, it's, it's it's not usually coming from super sta- statements coming from super beings. That's a falsity. Some small parts might be. That's a good thing. You can kind of tell where they are too. And, and it depends what Bible you're talking about. Depends what religion you're talking about. But, you know, in, in this country, of course, Christianity is the the, the largest single faith-based religion, but there are lots of forms of Christianity. There's everything from Roman Catholic, right, to various Protestant sects. I mean, it's all kinds of Christianities, right? Which do you go for? You know, it's, it depends. But it's there's a lot to be said for the belief structure of of religion because it has within it more ageless wisdom than almost any of the science of today and certainly any of the politics of today. Politics are mostly evil, whereas most faith-based religions are not evil and they are not dark, most, in most parts of them. Are there a few things that they do that might be? Yeah, but that isn't even necessarily their religion, but it's some sect part of their religion might decide that they should do this or that which doesn't fit you know freedom and, and love of God if it's their personal structure of life and one of the areas that's probably the biggest area to consider is marriage and uh, marriage has within it a structure that is usually formulated in the past has been formulated to faith-based religions. But in recent times, because of 
gay marriage and a few more seriously uh, pro- uh, serious problems than just gay marriage, there has been a tilting of marriage from uh, the concept of love and connection with God to people exercising authority and, and power over themselves, but particularly over others, and having the ability or choice to determine what is right or wrong about everybody's practice of things like sexuality, everybody's practice of things like religion, and everybody's practice of things like uh, the right to choose what you do with your life. That's a pretty big bunch of crazinesses that's coming out of all that. And so marriage, which was this kind of protection device that had a lot to do with God, now has been sabotaged and is being taken over by people who want to corrupt it. Now, does that mean that uh, people who are gay should not be allowed to get married? I think they should be allowed to get married. But they should not have children present in an environment where the children understand or believe that their parents are gay having sexual relationships together because it's the kind of sex that only does harm in some way to either of the parents and has therefore a learning curve of harm over time to the children. That's the problem. I don't have a complete solution for that problem. But it is it is the problem with uh, having particularly young children around in gay marriage households. That's the only thing that I've been concerned about that when I've written about not having gay marriage used for in some circumstances. That's where I'm concerned about. It. Now, what happens if two gay people decide, well, we we'll adopt an older child, uh, or we'll not have children for a while. We won't have children, maybe ever. You can adopt children anytime. Uh, what about them? What about those circumstances where they somewhat would buy into the ideas that I'm saying, which isn't very many, but it might. Well, in those situations, they should experiment with, and I would suggest this, with some of the things that I've written about, that when you have sex with the same person, same, I mean the same uh, sex person, the energy uh, can't be love because what you're doing is you're harming the senses, the, the senses of the other person back and forth. And it's pretty harmful. I mean, it's not a small amount of harm. The diminishment of sense is what also leads to life expectancy. So over time, you're more prone to get diseases, you're more prone to die. Uh, earlier than you would have. That doesn't mean you're going to necessarily die earlier even than the average person in the population because there'll be a few people who might have lived 10, 20, 30 years longer than the time they died from being in a gay relationship for 50 years. They could have said, well, we'll see how long we live together for this. But they still would have, you don't know this, but they would have lived even longer, much longer. That hadn't been the case. Now, what if you're gay and you want to change that? Can you do it? Well, 
with great effort. Uh, it takes years, and it's 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 worth trying if you're young enough to handle the problems that it throws. And literally, you have to do it with someone else. So it's kind of a weird situation. But yeah, I can't be just look at lesson meaning and go to chapter twelve. But most people aren't going to go to those levels, and most people don't care about what I'm saying right now. But the problem is that if we're curtailing people's lives by these things, or if we're creating anti-feelings about uh, freedoms that people have in general, then those people tend to gravitate towards the controlling government. That's the biggest problem. Uh, so it isn't that just these people want to be gay. They want to be gay and they want to control other people. And they do this for the government. And so they tend to be more socialistic, communistic, or just plain, let's make a bunch of laws to do what we want. <laughs> kind of people. Uh, that's not a good thing. The tendency is there because they don't experience love as much. And the lack of love leads them in those confounding directions. So it's difficult for them to experience love, both sexually and even when they're not sexual. Difficult to experience it. So the difficulty comes out in this frustration. And then they project it on other people. The frustration isn't my fault. It's society's fault. It's the government. It's everybody else. Now you can believe that. So... These are some of the problems that are coming that have to be dealt with. And how do you deal with this stuff when you can't even barely talk about it without somebody taking out a gun or somebody choosing to find a way to take all your money or take your take all your rights away or have you put in prison because you don't like gay people? You know, it's crazy stuff. So I mean, you know, and the idea that you can take take property from people for doing that, you know, you say, well, the guy in uh, I think it was Colorado didn't bake the cake right, or didn't bake a cake. Uh, crazy stuff. How crazy can you get? All right, he'll sell you a cake, but he's not gonna he's not gonna make the cake the way you want it because he doesn't believe that. So you can go ahead and put whatever you want on his cake. <laughs> He'll even have somebody who's gay right do it on the cake, but you want only him to do it. Oh my God! I mean, that that sort of thing is so endemic of craziness and harm that to, to believe that our Supreme Courts and all the other courts are upholding this madness is a bad thing. That's a real bad thing. And I believe everybody should have the right to not have to do something. I mean, you know, just because you happen to be able to, you're a creative artist, it doesn't mean that somebody can force you to do it my way, and you're going to do it because you, cause I'm willing to pay you X amount of dollars. Well, I don't want your money. <laughs> Go find another artist to do it. You know? No, you've got to do it, or you're a gay hater. All right. So that's, that's an example. There's other examples that have the same kind of premise. And those 
those things are really, really terrible because what takes place is that we can't seem to get a straight viewpoint because we're contaminated by this false idea. And it's, it's unfortunate. <clears throat> the dark side loves this stuff. I mean, they, they have a party every time <clears throat> someone is abused, like some artist is abused for their... <clears throat> my throat's going, I guess I'm going to go for a break here. It's a 30-second one. Um, they get abused for just being who they are. And it's kind of the antithesis of what gay people were experiencing possibly 20 or 30 years ago. Not to say it was any more right then than it is now. I mean, it's, it was just, it's just terrible stuff. Okay. Uh, I was going to talk about some other stuff here. But what we'll do is we'll go ahead and do my 30-second uh, break, give or take. And... During that time, you may hear some Tibetan bells on and off uh, in the background from uh, starting from right now. Okay, I'm back, and uh, thanks for that. Thanks for hearing the bells. <laughs> and uh, let me talk about some other parts of the world that are in jeopardy from the dark side controlling. At the present time, most people think it's okay, it's all right, to have the government tell you, tell us, what we can and can't do, uh, anywhere from driving a car to getting a driver's license to do so, etc. And this has gotten to the point now that most people are unaware of one of the most severe and terrible events are about to take place right here in the United States. Uh, in a couple of years, every person who travels anywhere, anywhere outside of their state, and in some cases maybe within the state, depending upon if you're going on to an Indian reservation someplace, will have to have a digital travel card that will continually keep track of when and where you are at all times. The last time this was done successfully was before computers were around. And the people who did it were the 
Nazis, German Nazis, followed up by some Austrian Nazis and then others that decided to take over the same idea. You couldn't travel without papers that kept track of where you were, for how long, with who. And that is what's coming here in a much more advanced and severe form in a couple of years. I strongly suggest that you not get one of these cards, that you write to your congresspeople, that you vote, that you do anything and everything to fight this. Because if you don't, everything else that I'm talking about today may be gone. In a matter of a few years, there'll be no one that's free in a country that used to be free. And the government will control everyone and everything. And it'll be the worst hell that has ever been put upon Earth. And it's going to happen right here. Not to say other countries won't take it up too, but it's here first. Who would believe that 20 years ago? Now, you could say, well, Trump's going along with it. Well, at this point, he hasn't been against it. I'm not in favor of any particular politician because they all lie. Trump is certainly not beyond lying. But in this case, it's a grand disappointment that the single most destructive part of the coming future may come and be part of a future Trump administration. I will do everything I can to make people in this country aware of this coming event. You're going to hear a bunch of lies about it, like, oh, but we're really not going to, we're going to keep it, but we won't look at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not going to use it that way. Yes, it's data, but we'll just choose to make sure we have better highways. So we know how many people are traveling and how many people are doing this and then. How many people are on an airplane going here or there? Plus, it's going to get rid of all the terrorists. Sure. The terrorists are going to go get those cards, right? This is a ruse. The truth is, it's a desire to control on the part of the government, which is no good. If you haven't heard of this, please look it up and check me out and go into the details as best as you can because there's a lot of lies. So you have to really, really look at the law and determine what it actually gives the power to do. Forget about what people say, oh, it's just going to help our highways so much better and make them safer for you to travel. We know you want to have us know where you are so that we can come get you if you break down and stuff. Okay. Also be aware that this is going to be required to vote in the near future. 
So not only are you going to lose all of your rights in terms of ability to be somewhere and not be told about it, whatever, you won't be able to vote. You say, oh, well, it's not in the law. It doesn't say that. It says it can be used for the purposes of voter registration and use. doesn't say it will be. And anything they can do, they will do. Because politicians always lie. All right, so we have a serious concern. I hope that that part scares you, if you did know about it. Because maybe you'll get off and say, well, i got to check this thing out. <laughs> what kind of card is this? You know, Some places have already made it mandatory before Arizona. I'm in Arizona. So you may already be living with this. You know what I'm talking about. There are some states in the east that have it. I'm sure California is like standing in line to get it. You know, they love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to know where everybody is, except the illegals. We'll make sure they, they don't get one of these cards so nobody can find it. <laughs> only the illegals are going to be the only people who are free. <laughs> That's it. Stay illegal, stay free. They'll even sell that idea. All right. I don't mean to sound like a crazy person. And maybe you think I do. But if I don't say things as I believe them to be, even if they sound crazy, then why am I here? And I know this is a subject that is not going to bring a lot of listeners to the show. If anything, it's going to horrify people, but it won't. People are going to say, well, yeah, I've got to hear more from that guy. No, it's not going to be one of those kind of subjects. I think it's one of those subjects that will be gr grossly disturbing, but not necessarily like, oh, gee. I really love that guy for telling me about that. Anyway, another part of the dark side is to not only use things like this gimmick with the card business, but this came out of Nazi um, socialism. And the secret for Nazi socialism wasn't just being able to control the travel and knowing where people were and what they were doing. It was very effective at doing that, by the way. But it also was an intimidation. The thing that made Nazi socialism so successful was that the government was incredibly intimidating about every part of everybody's life. They said, there's no such thing as private life. We control everything that you are and that you can be and that's the way it is. And so how close are we to that type of socialism? Uh, closer than you may think. I could see that happening here within 20 years. As short as that. More likely 50. But Yes, it could be here. And how bad would that be? Well, it doesn't get much worse. Uh, it really is a bad deal. If you happen to watch television on occasion, or I think you could rent it, uh, you might want to see The Man in the High Castle. Uh, the, the 
it's a show about a, a series of novels that involves what ifs of changing time, space, and scenarios of the uh, past and present, showing in, in the major episodes that the Nazis won World War II and they took over the United States in part. The Japanese have another part. And it's, a, it's a graphic novel type of show, which doesn't thrill me too much. But there are some graphic novels that have more forgiving issues to them than others. And, and some graphic novels, which could be great, but we'll, we'll talk about that in another time. But in the meantime, so this show is available. It's the first three, I think, years of it. And uh, it's a worthwhile show because you can see the effects of the kind of socialism that Nazism is. But beyond that, socialism as it exists beyond just Nazism, such as in the western part of the United States where it's run by the Japanese. And that type of socialism is... Uh, different. It has with it uh, the idea of respect of a creator still. So, in other words, the Japanese believe that their emperor is connected to God and therefore the government has standing from God because of the emperor. Whereas the Nazis believe there is no God, which is closer to what most people believe in the United States. So Nazism would more likely take hold. And that's what they show in this graphic novel somewhat correctly. I find that fascinating. And the man in the high tower is uh, is like the director of all these different realities of sorts. So the, the most important thing, to get to in terms of what I'm suggesting here is that if we're going to be uh, a country that's truly free, we can't have a socialistic government. No matter what you think, there's no socialism that will ever be a free place. Because the government becomes the replacement for God. That's the single most important element of how we have to deal with the dark side. And blocking the dark side is keeping that idea in your mind. Because if you don't keep it in your mind, you'll be fooled by a lot of things that could end up being very destructive. Kind of a scary thing to think about. And at this point, I'm going to take my final, my final, <laughs> yeah, give me my final for this show, my final 30-second uh, break. While, you notice my voice is doing better. It's, it's kind of magic, but I'm not going to tell you how. And so I would like, um, I would like you to think about what I said so far. While I take this uh, 30 seconds or so from right now.
Okay, I'm back. I hope you like the Tibetan bells and all that business. So we've got, uh, we don't have very much longer to go here. Uh, I think I'd like to sum up tonight's show so that you can have a pretty good, solid understanding. Uh, Generally speaking, the dark side is winning. The only way to beat them is to increase our levels of freedom and to decrease the levels of uh, control that have been seeping into the and taken away by the governments in both states and some states and local governments like some cities and then of course the country at large. This general succession of power is what the dark side needs to take over. The power it needs has to come from a government-like situation. And it has to defeat the Constitution in numerous ways. And it must reach into areas of people's lives that they are too afraid to give up some amount of money or some amount of time or something so they are willing to be controlled by others. And they also are attempting to feed money, make it profitable to give up your rights. You say, oh, you didn't mention that before. Yeah, profitable means that if you do these five things, you're going to make more money. How does that work? Well, it defeats capitalism. It uses capitalism to destroy itself. Because the more you will get more and more money, provided you're willing to give up these rights to make this product, to do this thing the way you want to do it, and instead you do it the way that we want to do it, we want you to do it, and where we want you to do it, and when we want you to do it. If you're willing to follow all those things, you'll make a lot more money. Otherwise, it may cost you a lot of money. That's a serious issue. If you're facing that in your life right now, I caution you. Lose the money. Give up the money. Even give away vast amounts of money if you have to, to prevent that from happening to you. Because there's no value to any amount of money when you're not free. And so even the idea of capitalism can be converted to an evil structure. Everybody says, as long as we're capitalistic, we'll be safe. I'm afraid that that's just not the truth. There are so many present-day examples of that not becoming true. Depends on where you live, granted. If you live in New York State, you're pretty well screwed, (laughs) or California. But if you're in Arizona and you're not in the the Sonoran area, you're probably fairly safe. But uh, it's still not perfect. I live in a city where it's about as not 
free as you can get. But that's the way it is. I chose to be here to try to change things. So you need to be aware that there's a, a whole movement underneath the surface that is actually using capitalism to further control people. Don't think of capitalism, therefore, in and of itself, is the safety net. That's what some people believe. But it isn't. It, too, can be contaminated, controlled, and become a destroyer. It's too bad. Now, certainly, if you're willing to pay the cost, you can still maintain freedom today. I'm not so sure a couple decades from now that could be a true statement. We're running out of time. I hope you found this show to be interesting and helpful. And I hope you found my voice to be better, for whatever reason. And until next week, this has been Niles McFlower for Why Life Is.